We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested, sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. JC and I are currently in a meeting while you're watching this, helping some people in the state of Florida secure their rights. So in full disclosure, this is a pre-record, so we won't be responding to you in the chat room, not right away anyway. And we want to thank you for joining us. Make sure that you hit that like and share on your way in. Uh, share it now so other people can hear it. And while you're sharing, go ahead and make a comment. All the shares, all the likes, all the comments help us overcome the, oh, I don't know what you want to call them, the AI tyrants, JC. Is that okay? Sure. Apparently using the word tyrant now is uh, racist. You're not allowed to say that people or things are tyrants anymore. Okay. Um, but anyway, more story into that later. So JC, I'm just going to pop up. Do you want to say hi? Hi. He's a man of few words. <laughs> I just wanted to pop this up here really quick. Cause I thought this is cute. It's a cat. Garland. What'd you call him? Millie or Miley? Millie. Millie and Mackenzie perjure themselves, but Bannon needs to go to jail. Um, question mark. Question mark. Right? The Bannon needs to go to jail? Question mark. I didn't do my upspeak intonation. Uh, you know, we talked about this on the show a little bit once before. Uh, Eric Holder commits perjury. By the way, Bill Clinton committed perjury. True. And they didn't have to be jailed. As a matter of fact, they weren't even threatened with jail. So... Uh, and I believe that Hillary Clinton committed perjury as well, 
with the whole hiding all her stuff in play, you know. Uh, well, that would probably be more similar to Bannon than they're talking about because he's not turning over these records. So mm -hmm. that would be more akin to what Hillary Clinton did. Yeah, the problem is, though, Hillary Clinton actually destroyed those documents. Right. I don't think there's any evidence that Bannon has destroyed those documents. Yeah. And Bannon uh, has a plausible argument of executive privilege. Uh, Hillary Clinton, her argument, I don't know, she, she destroyed documents that were classified when destroying them is not allowed because they're classified, right? Okay. So what exactly is her argument again? I don't think she has an argument. This is 2021. <laughs> that was how many years ago now? So she broke the law, didn't go to jail, wasn't even, as a matter of fact, the Department of Justice at the time said, uh, you know, we're not even going to argue that she goes to jail because she didn't actually mean to break the law. Uh, anyway. So back to the future, Garland uh, just a few days ago perjured himself before Congress <laughs> in saying that the FBI was not using resources to target parents in relation to school board. And then a day later, the whistleblower dropped documents that revealed he's lying, that he lied to Congress. So this this deal with Bannon is just political targeting. Uh, that's why, you know, it's hard to take any of any of this stuff seri seriously. Um, well, but if you look at their history, the, the number targeting. of people who've worked for Democrat presidents who've claimed executive privilege, yeah. same thing that Bannon is claiming that's well, what eric holder said by the way was executive privilege so the whole thing is a charade a political charade yeah <laughs> well it's weaponized targeting political opponents is all it is so i was just talking to someone today Thinking about Putin, you know, Putin, we're talking, discussing Vladimir in Russia, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because he's he's uh, supposed to be, you know, this bad guy, authoritarian, all this sort of stuff, corrupt. Somebody was saying, you know, what kind of government is uh, is, is the Russian government? What kind of economy? So uh, it's more or less a quasi free market economy, quasi liberal democratic government. Uh, with, you know, authoritarian at the lead. So you have a system uh, that's much like ours, but, the, you know, part of it is interfered with, not allowed to work with with the, his authoritarian actions from time to time. But then I'm thinking about the things that Putin has done, setting aside openly assassinating a couple folks, uh, <laughs> setting aside that. And I say openly assassinated. I know. I, 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 you know, I don't know. <laughs> what like, can we point to that the U.S. government has done just because not open assassination that you include us? Oh, they did this. They did that. But setting, so setting that, setting that okay. argument aside, when you talk about the frequency. Right. So if we just we just did a tally, the frequency and the scope of uh, political targeting. The party apparatus 
in the United States of America makes, I mean, leaves Putin in the dust. Mm -hmm. You talk about the, the several hundred political prisoners in Washington, D.C. right now in the jail. OK, Th those that you could even point to uh, for cr having committed crimes. You're talking about trespassing at most, at most uh, vandalism, destruction of public property. Right. At best, that's what you're talking about, which may which maybe you're talking about misdemeanors. OK, so these people have been languishing in jail. So hundreds, hundreds, almost up to 600 people uh, there. Uh, you think about. All of the political, the, the uh, activist groups, grassroots groups, journalists who've had their uh, bank accounts drained, shut down, journalists who have been targeted, raided. arrested, raided. You go back and think about uh, how the party apparatus using the arm of government, weaponized the Justice Department uh, and other departments target. You think about Lois Lerner. Back in Obama time, Lois Lerner, all the people that were targeted in the IRS targeting mm -hmm. conservative activists, political activists, um, people who have been jailed. Uh, right now, you look at what Biden is doing because uh, allegedly uh, somebody took his daughter's diary. He sends the FBI's raiding journalists. I mean, so you could go on and on and on of how and this goes both ways, by the way. Uh, but Democrats are often much more aggressive and overt about this. Right. But when you compare the political targeting using the powers of government by the party apparatus in the United States of America, it is far and away more authoritarian and tyrannically abusive than Vladimir Putin, who has maneuvered the constitutional mechanisms of their government to essentially make him czar for life. Mm -hmm. But you, you've had more authoritarian activity out of um, the, the party apparatus in America than you have from Vladimir Putin. You look at the interview that in the interview just happened. Uh, <laughs> this is because Putin's out there. He's going to do what he does. He doesn't you, hide you it. Look right? at Ai Weiwei, the interview just Ai Weiwei, uh, the dissident journalist from China, he says your country's your country's authoritarian now. You just don't know it. Speaking right. to this interviewer, and she, you listen to her in the interview. She's trying to steer everything uh, toward this this par partisan motivation of target. You know, tell us how bad Donald Trump was. All about you know evil Donald Trump and evil Republicans. All this stuff. So you you've got the media mechanism at the arm of the party apparatus uh, directed to target political opponents. So on the whole, I mean, honestly. Uh, and, and I and and let's let's be honest. Uh, you know good and well that certain individuals within the party party apparatus have no doubt assassinated political ones. You have no doubt that lives have been taken, uh, not as not as overt, not as openly. Right. I would say uh, as what Putin has, you know, what we believe Putin has done on a couple of occasions. Right, but, but setting that thing, aside, other countries it doesn't even compare. But see, we're like another country looking out and saying, well, it's obvious that Putin did this. Other countries are looking in and saying it's obvious that the, you know, those people whose last name rhymed with rhyme with Clinton did this. You know, right. I mean, you, it's it's only not obvious to the people inside who don't want to see. Correct. But I, so, I'm just saying, yeah, set that aside. You hey, talk Jason, about the scope, the breadth, the frequency 
because because it's the thing that that whole side, like one of their things is, you know, uh, to to Russia is a boogeyman. Look how bad Russia is. And they always like to bring Putin up. He's authoritarian. He's a strong man, all this sort of stuff. The Democrat Party apparatus makes him look like an amateur. Right. At the frequency which which with which they use the arm of government to target, silence, destroy okay, political so opposition. Can I tick some people off, maybe? Do you know one thing that I can say for certain? What's that? I am absolutely certain that Putin loves Russia more than many of no, the Democrats it, it, love America. Absolutely. There's no so, question. There's no question. Know. I mean, he's a nationalist. I even think when and I'm not a Putin apologist, but no. I'm just saying how the way his well, mind works, you can see uh, you can see his mentality. And I think even with when he was KGB chief, it wasn't so much of supporting communism as it was supporting Russia. Uh, Putin is a nationalist. And, and so even now, when I, and here's here's another thing about that, uh, when you look at the economic system, in many ways, uh, there's more of a free market in Russia right. than there is in America right now. Right. So, you know, we, we really don't have a lot of room as far as the American government and the American system of pointing a finger at Russia Casting stones and from throwing your stones house. at the you know authoritarian <laughs> Vladimir Putin. We're, we're in the same category right? Uh, in, in the very least. I believe we outpace Vladimir Putin by a long shot. Do you want to sing your Russian song for our Russian listeners today? Oh, I, I haven't practiced up. You haven't practiced so you get it later, some other day. But you move a body again, you silly kuka. Совсем не ясно. Молчит наука. Не представляется. Совсем простая штука. Хотели кушать и сели кука. How's that? Yeah. I was gonna really do it up. I was gonna make a separate video, and you know, we'll do that later. JC, you got a new T-shirt totally on today. I totally forgot all about it. Yeah. So I put the thing. It's on the other side. There you go. That's that's an interesting T-shirt you have on there. That today. it says, "Let's go, Brandon." Let's go, Brandon, because we love Brandon. Yeah, Brandon's great. Brandon is awesome. And if you want your uh, praise of Brandon T-shirt, go to GodGunsLiberty.com. A brand new one. I think that's really, uh, you, you wanna, know, it's like you a support Brandon. What's that? If you want to support Brandon, if you want to support Brandon, go to GodGunsLiberty.com. Go to GodGuns. Get your Let's Go Brandon T-shirt today. Liberty.com. It looks very um, campaign-ish, like you're actually campaigning for Brandon. Support Brandon. There you go. Speaking, okay, so now that we've, you know, told everybody uh, how crappy the people are in American government, uh, I have some encouraging news for everybody out there who's been watching what we're doing. I don't know if you remember, but... Very recently, um, we were involved in a rally, I would say an assembly, I call it a rally, an assembly in Tallahassee, Florida, our state capital, where we were demanding that our legislators take off the books in Florida statute. We've heard me talk about this for years now. The Florida statute that says, that the state health officer right here, the state, just so you can see, I'm not making this up, but you probably can't read it anyway. Nope. The state health officer may use any means necessary to vaccinate or treat an individual. This is Florida statute 381.003154B. And 
we had this rally, this assembly to demand, and not only did we meet outside the Capitol. There we are, Chris Ann looking like she's starting a revolution. Starting a revolution, viva la revolution. And there's our people, but we also took them inside the halls. Mm -hmm. We walked from office to office demanding, oops, demanding that we have a freedom of the people uh, from these forced vaccinations. And the good news is that we were successful, actually. And so I'm trying to get this to come back. About, I don't know why it's making it up. Anyway, I wanted to show you what Anthony Sabatini put out just a few minutes ago. Now, that was I showed you a picture of, of Anthony Sabatini. This is Anthony Sabatini, our Florida legislator. And he put out that uh, one year ago this week, I filed HB 6003, a bill to eliminate the state government's authority to mandate vaccination during an emergency. At that time, the Republican establishment was totally opposed to the bill. Today, the bill has become law. Uh, the people must never stop fighting. So what happens now is that piece of legislation I show you you can't read has had they have struck in out stricken out of the language vaccinate. So they can no longer vaccinate the people using whatever means necessary without due process. So that's uh, and Anthony attributes that to the fact that the people showed up, that we made our presence known, that we went door to door and we demanded. And then when we left, JC, we kept making calls and we didn't leave them alone. So he tried all by himself for a year to get this to happen. But it wasn't until the people got involved that it actually was pushed through. Now, JC, this is goes in line with what we've been teaching because we keep saying stop looking for a political savior. You can send people to government all the time, but if the people aren't involved and aren't doing something, that one person is not going to have that ability. Yeah, you have to help them, have to back them. You have to show, um, show support, show force in numbers and... Uh, Activity for sure. This doesn't deal with the entire mandate issue in Florida. This no, because it relates to uh, 381. Yeah, and, so that's just 381. That force, force mandate. And then they're still in special session as we speak. Well, yes. Not as we speak. They're so, probably at home now. So they are in special session. Since Monday. We still have SB2 and HB1, which are to reject the vaccine mandates across the board. Um, we have SB4, HB3, uh, public records exemption related to employee termination for vaccine. And we still have SB6B, HB5B uh, to withdraw from OSHA. So we have that piece of legislation about withdrawing. With, so. Yeah, the plan to withdraw from OSHA, which is great. I actually wrote an article, um, which I've posted all over social media. I should probably just go ahead and bring it up on the website rather than there. So if you go to chrisannhall.com, 
and you go to the website and you scroll down to the article there, you see OSHA and the power to mandate vaccines. I actually talk about at the end of the article about what is the most certain solution to this OSHA overreach. And I actually discuss in this article, you can get it chrisannhall.com, um, Florida withdrawing or denying OSHA authority. And so I'm getting lots of great feedback from that article, which is really, really exciting. And look, this is what happens when the people get involved in government. This is what happens. They're still in session, JC. Yeah, so the special session started on Monday. Uh, it's continued today. This is third day of a special session. And um, I, I know with the OSHA thing, Democrats tried to get all their amendments on there. None of that happened. Yeah. Uh, so that's moving forward. It basically, you know, allocates million dollars for um, a, a plan to be devised. So it's not it's not some wave of the wand and this is going to happen. So, right. But they begin trying to make a plan to get uh, to get out of to basically transfer um, oversight of business safety and that sort of thing to this to the state level. And you hear these Democrats saying, "Our our own agency paid by our own tax dollars." That's ridiculous. Um, so just yeah, just absurd how they think that that they want the fed, they actually want the federal government in control of everything uh, in the state. So it's pure insanity. And then with the um, private business mandates, um, I, th I think the core push is to create opt outs. It's probably what mm -hmm. is what going to is what's going to come out of this um, doesn't satisfy everybody. Uh, but but I think that's that seems to be the consensus amongst a lot of the Republicans. So rather than getting an outright prohibition on private businesses mandating vaccines, you're going to get uh, essentially a, a de facto elimination of it because anybody who says they don't want it then is not going to have to take it and, and can't be fired because of it. So I think that's what you're going to end up with. And in my opinion, they're trying to sort of trying to split the baby. It seems like some are concerned that if we go full full out ban against the private business mandates that somehow there's going to be a bunch of lawsuits that said you can't tell private business what to do. And there's people worried about the constitutionality of that. There are arguments either way. So those are all the well, discussions here's, going on here's there. The thing. And I so think you that's know, where we're going to end up. You know, I'm private business rights across the board. Government shouldn't be telling people what to do. The irony is the same people who passed legislation yesterday to tell the businesses that they have to have a certain amount of square footage or they have to have the same number of bathrooms or they have to have a certain width on their door or they have to have an, a ramp at a certain angle yeah. are the same people That's, that are saying, well, we can't tell beer, private well, businesses what to do. That conversation is literally happening on the House floor. You have the yes. same, the yes. same person standing up arguing against the plan. And, and this is not even elimination of OSHA, but getting out of federal OSHA, bringing control of that to the states. So the same ones that argue about they'll they'll get up and say, oh, you can't get rid of OSHA and we got to have that, which is basically a, an agency telling businesses how and what to Private do and, businesses. Win and all, all that. Uh, and, and then out, out of the same guy's mouth on the House floor uh, starts saying um, we have to have we, 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 we can't get something that. Uh, that tells businesses what to do that right. they can't, they can't vaccinate. I mean, right. so it's, it's the hypocrisy right there in one place in, 
out of one mouth at the same time on the House floor. It, it's really a sight to behold. It's funny, I was watching a clip from one of the Tallahassee news stations reporting on the issue. And uh, they put together a montage and they talk about Governor DeSantis declaring the special session the day after he met with a fire chief in Florida mm -hmm. who had been fired mm -hmm. for not enforcing the vaccine. Right. Then this same news report, it's about two and a half minutes toward the end, cuts to, I believe it's the House minority leader running his mouth, DuBose, uh, started saying, uh, our, our firefighters and first responders on the front lines, they need to be protected from this pandemic, da, 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 da. And he starts appealing to the first responders, the fire right after. And you see him sort of like the news kind of cuts him off mid statement as he begins to elaborate on mm -hmm. this. It starts to build up and you feel like, uh, he's kind of making a contradiction to what the actual firefighters said and, right. and they cut him off and you see the reporter standing there kind of confused, like, uh, did we mess that up? And, and then she, then she starts again. So the, the contradictions are on such display that it's even difficult for the media uh, mm -hmm. to continue to, to, to spin uh, a, a nice tidy little narrative. Right. Right. Well, you know, if you want to watch something exciting, go ahead and watch it. Every once in a while, um, Anthony Sabatini pops up. Uh, he's not in. He's not running for office again. I wonder if that has given him a little bit more in of Florida. in Florida, in, in state, in the level. state level. He's running at the national level, so I wonder if that's maybe make giving him a little bit more inclination to be mischievous. <laughs> but check this out. This is Anthony Sabatini's. Instagram page. So apparently he got in trouble on the House floor for calling Biden a tyrant and called for nullification of executive orders through the use of 10th Amendment. He gets shouted at by the Democrats and has his mic cut off. Then you see, because all of this stuff now goes out into social media. So now you see Democrat Representative Angie Nixon Anthony Sabatini straight disrespected the people of our great state of Florida and this country we call uh, the United States by calling POTUS Joe Biden a tyrant. This is wild, and it was going to be allowed to go on until we called a point of order. Welcome to the House, to the Florida House. Yes, thank right? you. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Now watch Anthony's response. This is hilarious. Update. Democrats said because Anthony Sabatini said, quote, Biden is a tyrant, he was out of order, and that he should be corrected. Then Sabatini said, correction, we don't know if he's actually president. And then the <laughs> Dems went nuts. <laughs> See, can I tell you, this is how government is supposed to be. It's supposed to be lively. It's supposed to be passionate. It's supposed uh, to be. Somebody throw a chair. Yes, please. Somebody throw a chair somewhere. Because <laughs> this is, it, look, if you are not passionate about what you believe, if you're not passionate about defending the rights of the people or defending your position. You have no business being in a position where you're supposed to be defending people.
You just love that, uh, Diana. Yeah. Put that back no, up there. No, it's too awesome. It a is. Anthony's great. He's a he is awesome. He, he's gonna throw. <laughs> he's gonna fan those flames, man. Yeah, that's he, what he I was knows wondering. how to make them lose their mind. <laughs> and they're so, it, We what, don't know if he's actually the president. What's sad is <laughs> is they're so easy. Right? Uh, no. it, it's so easy to make these these you know teenage arrested development nutcase Democrats flip out and throw yeah. a tantrum. Yep. Uh, it, it's 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 great. Yeah. Hey, you guys, just if you're wondering about um, jabs in the workplace, we're going to be doing a webinar, Religious Exemption in the Workplace, backed by popular demand from 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, November 22nd. That's coming up this Monday. Uh, we did the last one, and we had so many people saying, I missed it. I want to do it. I didn't know about it. If I'd have known about it, I would have come. So it's up on the website now, right, JC? So it's up at chrisannhall.com. Where is that? Uh, go to chrisannhall.com. You can get it there. You can get it on Instagram. You can get it on uh, Facebook. You can get it on LinkedIn. Uh, go register now. Uh, so you can get a seat this time and you don't forget. And we did find out, by the way, JC, if you register and you're not able to be there live, you will be able to play it later. But you have to register for it first. Yeah, if you just pull up the, the site, chrisannhall.com, and uh, at the homepage, you can, act, you can see the banner comes up right there at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Oops, um, that says register. Register. Probably can't see because of our little picture there. Um, Us back in. There back. So similar on your phone, and okay. you'll, you'll pay and then register. So right. don't, don't like click away, you pay and then register. Ten bucks, uh, and then click register, and you put your name in and all that. You'll be sending an email link to the live broadcast. And look, guys, we five days, three hours, forty-eight minutes. There are attorneys that are charging over uh, fifteen hundred dollars. That's crazy to give you the information that I'm going to give you for just 10 bucks. So not only that, I'm going to be providing you with documents. Uh, when you attend, we will give you the documents. I don't post them on the website for everybody to get, because that would be legally negligent of me. You would be using the documents without knowing how to use them. And that's how you get denied, by the way, that's how you lose, you know, your religious exemption opportunities. So all right. Time for us to hit the road. So uh, I wanted to mention this today. This is really important news. We've got to talk about this. So remember, we were talking about the uh, OSHA lawsuit about the injunction that's been granted by the Fifth Circuit. Mm -hmm. So every other circuit in the federal districts have a similar lawsuit. 
So when that happens, the Supreme Court allows for a lottery to choose one circuit to hear all the cases. And in this case on yes, yesterday, was that yesterday? What is today's date? Um, so 17. Yeah, so it was yesterday. I thought it was yesterday. Yesterday, it was granted a the, the circuit courts were granted a lottery, and the sixth circuit won the lottery. Now, this is absolutely amazing because of the federal judicial circuits, the fifth circuit is the most conservative. Uh, because President Trump was able to put uh, quite a few federal judges into the uh, Fifth Circuit. The second most conservative circuit, JC, is the Sixth Circuit. Right. Why? Because President Trump put seven justices in there. Yeah. Now, there's no guarantee that those justices will be conservative justices just because Trump put them up there. Yeah, the circuit as a whole leans leans conservative. Leans conservative. Uh, it'll be a, it's in Cincinnati, Ohio, is yeah. where the Sixth Circuit is. It'll be a three judge panel that hears the uh, suit and uh, typically leans in a conservative direction. And so the good news about that is that the um, OSHA has decided now to withdraw their uh, mandate in well, light halt to just not withdraw, but to halt, halt its enforcement pending this were, litigation. As they were told to. So they are going to not enforce, and this is something you need to know because if your business owner, your employer says, well, we have more than 100 employees and we have to do that, that's not true now. So what's going to happen is they're going to wait and see what the Sixth Circuit does with the injunction. If the Sixth Circuit, and I suspect they anticipate that the Sixth Circuit is going to grant the injunction, otherwise they would have never, they would have waited on that. So if the Sixth Circuit doesn't grant the injunction, the stay pending trial, then it's very likely you will see OSHA try to reinforce this. Now, yeah, I can't see that happening. If, uh, OSHA has said, we're not going to enforce this pending litigation. So they believe that they are going to not settle, that they're going to go all the way through. Uh, I suspect, as I wrote in my article here, OSHA and the power to mandate vaccines, that OSHA will continue to appeal any of these cases. Of course. So OSHA will appeal to the Supreme Court. Now, uh, you know, it's not always, of course, if we were running in a normal judicial environment, this would be enough for OSHA to not appeal because here's the actual danger. You get to the Supreme Court and you get, you know, what the media calls the conservative Supreme Court finds against OSHA on this Guess what happens to OSHA? They can't mandate any more vaccines for any reason ever. So in a typical judicial world, 
when the judges would issue a stay and say, you can't enforce this pending a litigation, nine times out of 10, they would pull back on this regroup and come back in another day with a different enforcement, with a different mandate. That way they can keep the mandates going and they don't have, you know, Big Daddy Supreme Court looming over them, telling them, hey, you can't do this, right? You can't do this. So this is a really big victory. This is this is like a potential victory within a victory. You got the Fifth Circuit telling us we are going to do this. And then you have the Sixth Circuit getting it, which is obviously better than the Ninth Circuit because this is a lottery. Yeah. This could have been every any one of the 12 circuits except the Fifth Circuit. Well, because the so you had 27 states involved in this, plus mm -hmm. many other plaintiffs. And then the progressive, the other side was filing a bunch of suits in, in the more liberal circuits so that there'd be, you know, a bigger pool of, you know, make basically greater chance in the multi-state lottery for them to get a favorable, you know, home field advantage, so to speak, uh, which which I I think they would probably say didn't happen in no. this case. But, no, not but at again, all. But again, you know, you don't know the exact makeup of the panel and whatnot. Well. Okay, That's so you have Kavanaugh and Just Barrett. Conservative. You have Kavanaugh and Barrett, who are supposed to be the pinnacle of conservative religious liberty, and both Kavanaugh and Barrett voted against an injunction to prevent yeah. these COVID mandates. Yeah, if you put your ultimate so, hope in court decisions, you're a fool. Yeah. So because I wanted this to be, a, because I saw this coming together as a show where we were showing victories. We got the victory in Tallahassee. We got the victory with this OSHA thing headed our way. There's one last big story we're going to cover. This is really huge. New, this is hot off the presses, guys. This just happened an hour ago. The New Mexico Supreme Court has ruled against the governor rules, ruled, 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 ruled. No, their opinion has ha been, they have held an opinion against Governor Luan Grisham for the federal spending lawsuit. So this is really about a separation of powers case. So what you have is that the New Mexico Supreme Court found in favor of the New Mexico legislature. So the legislators filed a lawsuit against the governor for spending the um, uh, America Recovery Plan Act funds. So the state of New Mexico got $600 million in these ARPA funds. And without going to the legislature to, to dictate on how the money was spent, the governor took that $600 million and divvied it out because it was a state of emergency. Mm. So wow. the let the Supreme Court said no, that the legislature is delegated that authority through the state constitution. Therefore, the governor doing that without legislative guidance is a violation of separation of powers. Okay. No. So they have slapped her in the face. Now, they didn't ask for the money back. I was going to say, what does slap mean? But it does. The victory is that the governor has been pushed back into the box 
So any spending that has not taken place or any future spending has to go through the legislature. So this is Senator Baca. Uh, in one of the most significant rulings in decades, the New Mexico Supreme Court today preserved the appropriating authority of the legislature and affirmed the separation and balance of powers enshrined in our Constitution. As legislators, we are representative of body, a body of government, and we are accountable to our constituents for the spending of their tax dollars. The governor's attempt to assume unilateral control of our state by bucking the authority of our office and the state constitution are an egregious power grab, and we are thankful that the high court has ruled in favor of the people. What happened, JC, is they killed the precedent that the governor can do this. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I, the legislature is not going to ask for that money to go back because once it's divvied out, where does it come from? It comes, that means the businesses that were given those aid have to pay it back. So that would actually be a, you know, that would be a bad thing for the people who actually received the money to have to pay it. But moving forward, we have reestablished a separation of powers uh, at the state level, which is, which is a really big move, uh, considering this is, and, and I got this from the sheriff there and. New Mexico, this is really the people are believing this to be one of the biggest victories on behalf of the people that they've seen in New Mexico in a really long time. I think they just really enjoy the fact that their governor has been told no by the Supreme Court. You know, you have the sheriffs telling the governor no, and now you have the Supreme Court telling the governor no. And maybe they're believing that this is, you know, better things to come as well. So before we go, JC, I want to invite everybody to come see us in Spokane, Washington this Friday, just two days from now. We will be in Spokane with the On Fire Ministries doing a screening of Noncompliant, our documentary. You can go to chrisannhall.com and see the details about that. We will also be in Spokane on Saturday Uh, doing a Liberty Summit, uh, Valley Assembly Church, Spokane, Washington. The summit begins at 1 p.m. with the history of the Constitution. JC will jump on board uh, teaching from 245, The Righteous Resistance. And then I'll pop back in at 4.30 and talk about how do we break free? How do we have success in liberty? the way our founders had success. So just as a review, that's going to be starting 1 p.m. Saturday at Valley Assembly Church in Spokane, Washington. And the non-compliant screening, come watch non-compliant with us Friday, November 19th in Spokane with On Fire Ministries. Isn't so, Washington an open carry state? It is an open carry state. Is that just bonus for your educational dollar there? Well, I'm just thinking about bringing my firearm with me. I'm just yeah. curious. Do we have reciprocity? Could open carry in Washington State. That'd be fun. If you have reciprocity. All right. See you there. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, don't forget, you can go to chrisannhall.com and get the article on OSHA and the power to mandate vaccinations, where I give to you something I don't usually do, JC. 
I've actually given what my educated prediction would be if the Supreme Court gets to answer this question. So that's going to be a little bit of fun sticking my neck out there. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to like and share and leave your comments below. Help us overcome the AI tyrants. I hope I didn't make the Democrats mad. God bless you guys. Why would you hope that? <laughs> that was sarcasm. Sorry, I didn't have my sarcasm font turned oh, okay. on. Right? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Friday. Every period in history that involves monumental change has always begun with one person taking a stand. When government is tyrannical, the people of God have a duty to not follow and not comply. And I just need to know who is willing to stand. can't be what you do. It has to be who you 